Welcome to the Relationships Architect. This is episode 14, and I'm your host, Khaled Gharab. My goal in this show is to help you design your relationships so that you can become a magnetic, attractive, and desirable man or woman in your relationships, as well as create a passionate love life. Imagine your relationship like a cup of coffee. What you put in it defines its taste. I'm going to help you architect that experience, the taste of your coffee. And when you master that skill, then you stop waiting for love and start to give it from the inside out. You become what I call an influencer of love. Today I interview Ken Mossman. He's a very highly acclaimed men's coach who brings three decades of leadership experience across a breadth of industries and locales. He considers himself a walking, talking stand for what he refers to as the integrated adult masculine. It's a model that encourages men to discover and embrace all the facets and aspects of themselves as the valuable resources they are so they are able to lead, communicate, contribute to, and engage with their families, organizations, communities, and intimate relationships in more fulfilling ways. And isn't that what we're hungry for right now in our society? His coaching clientele includes CEOs, business owners, and senior management in the arenas of finance, energy, art, design, and technology. He also works with people he calls the creative cliff jumpers. And check this out, guys. Those kinds of clients have creative dreams that have been lurking in the background for far too long, but are now ready to become unpacked and are made real. He has assisted a wide array of creative folk, including filmmakers, actors, writers, musicians, and visual artists in the pursuit of their artistic expression. Ken's leadership style is known to be lively, intuitive, eccentric, and fun, and more than slightly irreverent. If anything, this interview showcases all of the aspects of what he brings to the table. He lives with his wife and son and an expanding quiver of guitars in upstate New York. You will notice that he kept mentioning curiosity and self-awareness over and over again as ingredients to creating successful and passionate relationships. He also shared insights about what separates men from quote-unquote boys as well as details from his marriage with his wife. But the part that I found to be very interesting was his idea of how to create passion in our love lives and the answer isn't necessarily linked to loving your partner more. Has your curiosity peaked yet? Well... Here's Ken Mossman. So I'm Ken Mossman. I am a uh, leadership and executive and personal coach. And what I do, I specialize in working with men, and I consider my brand the integrated, it's my brand, it's the integrated adult masculine. And so what I'm all about is, uh, it, 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 is men embracing and expressing and... Uh, and working with all of themselves, so not leaving any parts of themselves on the table, um, uh, and 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 having uh, really having all different. The, the important thing about having access to the, all the different parts of themselves um, is that there's an awful lot of material there to work with, and I think culturally, uh, what happens uh, is that. You know, the, 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 the culture kind of uh, forces men into, to become these two-dimensional uh, caricatures, really. And we as men often buy this notion that we have to be these two-dimensional characters, you know, whether it's the tough guy or the sensitive New Age man or, you know, if I'm a leader, I look a certain way. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, I think all that stuff is, it's, it's, it's limiting, it's, 
uh, nonsense and it causes an awful lot of strug- uh, struggle and suffer. I don't know if I answered your questions, but that, that's what came to mind from the question that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, you definitely did. That was quite the answer. So wh- why did you get into this topic, uh, Ken? Yeah, the reason I got into this as a as really an area of specialty is um, is because I, you know I'm I'm 58 years old now, so I grew up in the shadow of the women's movement here in the U.S. and uh, and I think like lots of plenty of men in my generation and even men in, in the generations that that uh, followed me that have followed me. Um, the, the, the women's movement. Don't get me wrong. Women's movement was it was a great thing, really important as a social as a, as a as a social movement in terms of gender equality. That's important. Uh, what happened, I think, to many men in my generation. I know it happened to many men in my generation. Is there was a, a tremendous amount of confusion that grew uh, out of. Uh, living in the shadow of the women's movement, and 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 it and it resulted in a couple of things that I mentioned already, kind of the polarization of these these male I won't call them archetypes, um, uh, but this notion that either one was going to be a sensitive new age guy or one was going to be a you know a bully a tough guy you know a man's man and and there's an awful lot of terrain in between those things. So the reason I got involved in this really was it was it, it it's it's been my path of discovery. Mm-hmm. It's really okay. been my path of discovery. So it's a long-winded answer to a short question. No, it's a really detailed, good answer. Yeah. Well, what do you think is the biggest misconception around masculinity and men today? I think the biggest misconception uh, ties in with those two-dimensional. You know these 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 cutout these cardboard cutouts of what a man is supposed to be, um, and the challenge is that it's not only men who have adopted this notion of the of the two dimensional cardboard cutouts, it's also it's also women, you know it's and it and it happens on social on a societal level, it happens on individual levels, it happens on organizational levels. Uh, where, uh, again, I always look at, I always look at leadership and, alright, what's the ideal of a, you know, what's the ideal of, of, of masculine leadership? And up until now, it's certainly been this, you know, top-down command and control, let me say that again, top-down command and control, I know what's needed here, I'm the ultimate authority, uh, here's what's gonna happen, it's my way or the highway, um, or on the other end of it is complete and total learned helplessness. Well, it sounds to me that this is actually a definition that is outdated rather than uh, untrue or false. Don't you think? I, I, you know, is it outdated? That's a that's a great question, and, I, and and I don't know that I can answer that question because here's the thing, you know, this is going to seem so obvious, but we only we only have access to the time that we live in in terms of our own experience. We can read about other times. You know, if I think about the, you know, that the what's been called the greatest generation, the the men who, uh, the men who lived through World War II and who perhaps served um, in the military in World War II, um, there is the, there there are these heroic ideals. 
and 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 was that in fact a matter of 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 this command and control know-it-alls, you know, running running the show, uh, or is there more subtlety and depth to it? I kind of think there's more subtlety and depth to it, and it's very easy to, um, you know, pick out the Eisenhowers or the Churchills. Uh, and, 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 and hold them up and make them into something that maybe they weren't. Um, Okay. Well, let's, let's define, uh, what the integrated adult masculine is or how does it look like today? Okay. So the integrated adult masculine, as I said before, it's, 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 uh, a man who, it's, it's embracing all parts of oneself. Mm-hmm. So we can look at it through the lens of the Jungian masculine archetypes, king, warrior, magician, and lover. That's certainly a part of it. You know, having access to all those uh, those ma- those male and masculine archetypes. There's also looking uh, internally at one's own life. All right, I was a kid once. You know, we were all children once. So there's this there's this inner child. Uh, who is actually uh, amazingly free, amazingly creative, uh, willing to experiment, uh, playful. Uh, uh, so how do we include that inner child part of ourselves so we can move about the world with uh, childlike curiosity, not childish, that's something different, mm. um, uh, but with childlike curiosity, that that has us engage in our, in our world from a place from a place of really not knowing and and always being open to learning. There, there's also the inner adolescent, um, you know, that part of ourselves that uh, is inherently rebellious, uh, inherently uh, also very very experimental. Uh, dare I say, uh, you know, if I can say this is. The one that always finds sex fascinating, as an example, <laughs> um, <laughs> and knows that there's always more to learn there, um, and uh, and and is willing to you know stand up and take a stand and rebel when that's necessary. Um, uh, again, without the without without the the confusion of adolescence, but a but a healthy and free version of the inner adolescent. You know, there's also who were we as a young adult. Uh, there's a lot of information in all these different life stages that I think are really uh, valuable. Um, there's, you know, we all, I, I would assert that that, that all men have uh, a part of ourselves that's a, that, that's a father, that can be a guiding father. You know, can we be that guiding father to ourselves? Can we be that guiding father to the people in our, in our, in our worlds? Um, and, and with that, you know, maybe there's a grandfather part of sage, the, the, we all have wisdom. So including, it's inclusive of all these parts and how can I have, you know, the question I'm always asking and I, and and I certainly work with my clients around this is, you know, how, how do these different parts inform, uh, the decisions that we're making in different contexts? So, you know, what different parts of myself am I accessing in my different roles or do I find myself lim- limited or limiting myself in terms of, you know, what are the perspectives that I'm willing to look for? Um, what are the different parts of myself that I'm willing to engage and expose, by the way, also? Um, well, well this, this is interesting. Let me let me get curious on something. Yeah, yeah, please, please. 
which is um you talk about the uh, the inner adolescent part of us as men what do you think is is the benefit of having that shall we say voice in us as men yeah good um I think it different it brings a different kind of creativity than say the the inner child um it's uh it 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 allows us to, it's a different kind of experimentation. You know, if you look at, I, I compare it to the inner child, also compare it to the, to the inner, uh, you know, the inner young adult or the inner adult. Um, there is, I think there's huge value in uh, being willing to rebel against the status quo. And oftentimes it's the it's the adolescent that's the first up to the plate that says, oh, you know, I, I, you know, the one that has perhaps is re, is is in the habit of rebelling against authority, but in rebelling against authority in a in a in a conscious way, you know, not in a way that's going to damage, but without that voice, you know, we might not rebel or we may, you know, rebel in a childish way. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a challenge that uh, anyone who's ever raised an adolescent or been an adolescent knows. You know, there's a way that that um, adolescents uh, adolescents challenge assumptions left and right. Yeah, yeah. and I can tell that uh, in our society today, I don't know about maybe in the U.S., but here in the Middle East, um, there's a big part of uh, there's a, sorry there's there's a big chunk of men in our society today who who speak and live through that part of them most of the time and i don't know if i'm correct but when i'm hanging out with some guys the conversation somehow goes to women cars you know the when you said uh, when sex is fascinating uh, and it's always this conversation that goes like oh yeah i would love to quote unquote do her or something yeah yeah, yeah. Is, does that match what you're saying no not so much not so much it's interesting because i think that tends to be Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Khaled, but I think what you're seeing there is the is is more the 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 unconscious adolescent. And the important thing about integrated adult masculinity is that all these parts are conscious, and there's a consciousness about using around using them. And mm. and yeah, this does happen in the U.S. And I think it's it's uh, I think it's extraordinarily damaging. Um, that version of the adolescent that is that is unconscious that that um, doesn't really have a sense of of, uh, of of its impact. I think that can be really damaging, and it can result in relationships that are, um, you know, they're they're my language for it is that they're kind of the Hollywood relationships. There's this Hollywood notion of You know, oh, you know, okay, you know, how many times do we see a scene in a, in, in, in a movie where, you know, a guy and a girl see each other, a man, or a man and a woman um, see each other in a bar, and the next thing you know, you know, they're, they're in the sack going at it, and in the morning, you know, and in the morning, it's all, it's, it's all over. Um, yeah. So, so no, that's not, I, I think I'm talking about a much, a much healthier and consciously accessed and consciously utilized version of all these different parts of ourselves. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, with that being said, what, what is uh, how do you define a relationship? To me, relationship is is well the ultimate definition of relationship. I think is uh, two people. Let's keep it just between two people here. So this could be a business relationship. This could be a romantic relationship. This mm -hmm. could be a parent-child relationship. 
where uh, two people are uh, coming together in a way that's awake and aware, uh, where there's a responsibility for both both parties in the relationship. Um, and this isn't so true with parent-child. I think it depends on the age of the child. But both parties in the relationship um, are 100% at choice. They're there. They both choose to be there. They uh, are both taking complete responsibility for the relationship. So it's not, are you doing your 50%? I'll do my, if you show up and do your 50%, I'll do my 50%. You know, it's more like, oh, no, I'm totally, they're, they're, they're totally in. You know, each person is all in. And uh, and in that all in, there is there's a conscious, I'm going to say a conscious uh, way that they are with one another that is explicit. It's not implicit. Um, when there are assumptions, they're checked out. They're not run with. Uh, and when they are run with, there's room there to to. To, to, to name what's going on. Oh, hey, I've been operating from this assumption and I see that this is, I'm not sure that you're operating from the same assumption, so let's have some conversation about this. So mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of, um, you know, and I'm talking about committed relationships, by the way. And, and again, a committed relationship can be a business partnership. It can be, um, you know, you and I are on the same, you and I are on the same team in this project we have to work with. Or we're both executives at, 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 at the same levels and we, we're going to be working together. So let's figure out how this is going to work. It's conscious. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so two things show for me here. The first one is how somehow in what you said, you're directing us to look into the, the conscious and awake part, which implies that I must be able to understand who I am and know myself to be able to go all in the relationship. And the second part that I'm uh, hearing here is, remember in Stephen Covey's, um, was it Seven Habits of Highly Effective People when he talks about interdependence? Yes. Um, See, the purpose of this conversation, Ken, is with your expertise and knowledge around masculinity and men and, and the changes that have happened, how can we bring that into relationships today to make them interdependent? Yeah. That was a really long question. That was a great question. It was a great question. So it, it, interdependence. So he also makes it. He also uh, draws distinctions between independence and interdependence, which we don't. Which, quite frankly, I've read that book so long ago. I don't. I don't quite recall the distinctions he made. I just remember that those distinctions were important. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot in. What I described um, that would fit with Covey's description of interdependence, where we are, you know, we uh, there's, there's agreements around how we are with one another, and we know the importance. I know, you know, I'll talk about myself and my wife, you know. Um, I, 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 I know what's important about my relationship with her. I know what's important about, uh, uh, about her and my life. And I, I do my best to find out what is important, um, to, 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 to her 
you know, that I can bring to the, that I can bring to the table. Um, so there's constant conversation and constant, um, tweaking, if you will. And again, tell me if I'm running a field of the question, but I'm going to use this as an example because I think it's one that, that I've, I, I've learned a tremendous amount and I continue to learn. Cause what I, what I know about, what I know about my wife is that, you know, we met when we were, um, 27, 28, you know, years old. And, um, she is not, you know, she's not a 27 year old young woman anymore. And I'm not a 27 or 28 year old young guy anymore. I mean, we're, you know, we're both, we're six months apart in age. So in, 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 in so many ways, we, we're not the same people that we were. You know, we're not the same people that we were 10 years ago, no less 30 years ago. So there's been a lot of, of redesigning and a lot of coming to the table with, um, you know, with, with our, with our, with our cards, you know, putting our cards on the table and saying, okay, here's where we are. You know, what now? Here's who you are. What now? Hmm. And that, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you, you're speaking to one of the things that a lot of the guests on the show have been talking about, which is adaptability to be able to adapt to the evolution of each person's character. Um, and, and I see that a lot of couples today, let alone business partnerships or any kind of relationships out there, they don't have that relationship stamina. The stamina to stick around and be curious enough about themselves and the other person in the process. And, and to be curious about the relationship. I'm sorry about that. This is the, this is the, ha- this is the, the hazard of Skype is that, uh, you know, someone else calls. Uh, anyway, I'm sure they're going to call back. So I am going to move myself to another room, and, <laughs> and then they're calling again. Um, so I'm moving. Um, so I ask, ask this is the, this, this, I, I so trust your editing ability here, Fallon. So ask the question again. <laughs> I just didn't know. I didn't know that such a question would cause such havoc for <laughs> Well, hang on. Actually, this is a great example. I still still encourage you to edit it out, but it's a great example. All right. Just right now, here's what's going on. The phone is ringing. There's noise in my office. We had agreed that there would be no noise. And, you know, both of my office lines, which are not connected to Skype, go off. So let's redesign the relationship in this moment right now and get back to And we're not getting back to where we were. We're actually moving on to from what just happened and including it. There was a disturbance. Yep, you know, there's and been that's a natural that's a natural part of relationships. It happens. A- a- absolutely, absolutely. And, and the question that you asked before was really important about about people having the relationship stamina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to speak to that a little bit? Because yeah, there, there was a point around adaptability, the ability to adapt, just like we did right now with what's happening. We we adapt and we move along. Why don't people? Go for that. Well, I think in some cases, I think there's very real, um, I think there's very real instances of people growing in, in different directions where, where, uh, where the relationship has run its course. And, and I think that people who try to, you know, stay in a, stay in relationship when that has actually happened, um, you know, do themselves and do the relationship a disservice. 
So, so that happens, and it, and it's important to know that that happens. Now, having said that, um, there are I think there's far more instances, many many uh, a much greater percentage of instances where um, uh, there's a refusal to recognize growth in other, or a refusal to recognize that that I may have something to work on in myself uh, mm-hmm. and and that is certainly uh, a killer of relationships it's a killer of growth in general and yep. and and relationships are like gardens you know and metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking they're like gardens they need tending they need weeding they need watering they need nutrition um they need they need to be fertilized now and then um it it, it it's relationships are committed relationships you know are are not for the faint of heart, um, and and this is where this is where this is where uh, this is where Hollywood ha- runs headlong into reality. You know, relationships are not for the the faint of heart. If you want happily ever after, um, it's really important to know that part of the part of the path of happily ever after is, you know, right now this is not very happy. And, and right now we're at, we're at a, a crossroads. So you know, can we can we together, you know, have the conversation? Can we together look at all right, what's important here? You know, what's going on in the relationship? Without from a, again from a place of curiosity, because without curiosity, uh, the, without curiosity, there's really no there there. Um, yeah, how can you grow without curiosity? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, 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 can you grow without curiosity? I would assert you can't. Hmm. You know, you can't, and and um, and and we see that we see that all the time, where people uh, in relationship get into a state of lockdown. Um, you know, it's kind of the the. Uh, I remember a question from a program I did years and years ago. You know, um, and I'm and I'm trying to remember the the exact question, but it was something along the lines of, you know, did do do you want to be right or do you want to grow? You know, do you want to mm. be right or do you want to take the relationship to the next level? Mm. Um, so there's, you know, what is righteousness or self righteousness? Uh, it's 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 uh, more often than not, it's a it's taking a taking a stand uh, and losing one's curiosity in that stand. It's important I, to take. No, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, just jumping in real quick, what you just talked about—the uh, you know being right versus growth. Um, you, I, I interviewed a couple uh, on the show, Tim and Ness, and it was an awesome interview. And they they spoke to the same thing that. In order for both of them to be able to grow and contribute to the relationship and with one another, they had to let go of being right, and they had to get curious. So for, uh, it sounds like curiosity is more like the if you know if the relationship was like a plant, uh, curiosity would be the sunlight. Yep. Yeah. Whether it's the sunlight or the water or a combination of of all of the above, who knows? And and um, 
And I got, you know, just complete disclosure here. You know, both my wife and I just love being right. I mean, we nothing, we, we there's, there's nothing quite so satisfying as, on the one hand, as being right. And there's even, you know, even from a neuroscience standpoint, you know, when you're right, you even get this little shot of dopamine. So we're kind of, we're kind of, <laughs> <laughs> which is addictive. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of wired up, up to be right. And, you know, uh, Knowing that we each, uh, each of us knowing that we, that we, that we love being right, that becomes part of, you know, that actually becomes part of our, of the, the conversation, part of the curiosity. You know, am I willing to let go of being right here? Uh, again, to learn a little bit more or to, or to advance the relationship. Well, in your perspective, Ken, what must a man do or become in order to create passion? in let's say an intimate relationship yeah so to create passion in intimate relationship um <laughs> some people aren't going to like this answer uh develop awareness and take responsibility you know if i if mm-hmm. if, if, if i'm looking to if i'm looking to my wife to to create all right you now create passion <laughs> you know if i if i if i require her, if i'm requiring her to be passionate on demand then i've kind of sort of missed the boat it's like yeah um so 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 when i say awareness and responsibility all right what what am i passionate about you know what am i passionate about um, am I pursuing the things that I'm passionate about, uh, not only within the relationship, but, but, but outside the relationship? If I'm passionate about my work, that's going to be reflected in my, in, in the relationship. If I'm passionate about my, my creativity, you know, I'm, I, I, I fell in love with music about nine or ten years ago and, I've always had some sort of a, a creative pursuit, but I know if I'm not taking responsibility for, um, you know, responding to and embracing my passion, the, my my passion about my work or my music, um, or my passion for, you know, being in, uh, for instance, uh, if I if I'm if I'm passionate about being out in the natural world, if I'm not doing those things. And I'm relying on the relationship, in other words, making the relationship responsible for for all of my passion, like that's where I go for my passion, then I'm putting too much responsibility on the relationship. So what I would say is, you know, find the, the things in your life that you do have passion around and pursue them. Mm. And if your partner... You know the the person whom you're in uh, intimate relationship with. I know that my wife my wife uh, loves listening to music, but she doesn't have a passion for music. So I'm not I'm not I don't I don't force her into my musical world. But I take the excitement and the passion from my musical world and bring it into and bring it into my relationship with my wife. The same thing with my work. I take my passion for my work um, and discovery of what it is to be. Uh, a human being, um, mm. and I bring that into the relationship. You know, so yeah, yeah so there's certainly interests we have in common 
and there's no re, there's no requirement that we have all of the same interests in common. I think this is another piece of the interdependence. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it feeds passion. I think it I think it feeds passion. Well, you're definitely speaking to the fact that in order for me to bring passion into the relationship, it's more of an energetic thing rather than the action itself. It goes back to the being part of, you know, if if I'm pursuing something related to music, I don't have to bring that home and, uh, you know, force my family members, let alone my spouse or even my business partners to like the same thing. But the energy that I would walk into home with will reflect onto the relationship and create something magical. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think I think how you do everything that cliche how you do everything is how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, if I'm wandering around uh, waiting for the world to make me happy, you know, uh, then I'm going to wander into a relationship um, looking for a missing piece, and uh, and this speaks to the importance of of wholeness, you know where. Uh, that we it, it, it's up to us to to find our own wholeness and bring that into into the relationship because i got to say you know being yeah we all have needs you know that's one thing we all have needs but it's different um you know i know my, i know my wife comes into the relationship again i'll use that as an example i know my wife comes into the relationship as a as a as a whole human be- being and there's things that we look for in the relationship, but we're not using the relationship as a way of, um, you know, filling in mis- missing pieces of ourselves. We come to the relationship whole. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think about that in terms of in terms of my relationship with um, you know, I think of my best friend from um, you know, my, my my best buddy from my college days and. Um, you know, other folks that I've been in long-term relation, friend, you know, friendly relationships with, um, you know, my friend, uh, my, uh, I don't have to name these people, but you know, what I know about, <laughs> what I know about these relationships is one of the things that has them sustain over time is that, um, we come into these relationships as whole human beings and that, and that's the field that we meet on. Yeah. yeah, and it just makes those relationships amazing. Mm. Beautiful. Yep. Well, what would you say is your is your biggest challenge in a relationship, and why? <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes right back to the. It goes right back to the to the to the to the, to the what I was just talking about. It's losing yeah. track of. Yeah. You know when I when I lose track of my own wholeness when i when i really uh and this happens all the time with human beings you know how human of me um you know i i'll i'll forget you know i i forget that i'm actually oh i'm actually whole and self-contained um you know i'll lose track of um for instance if i if i when i when i lose track of my uh connection to my own creativity or i lose connection to my own wholeness i lose connection with um uh with um with my own spirituality for instance um my connection to something much bigger than myself when i lose those things you know the place that and and i think this is true for 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 many people is is that's when all of a sudden we be, we you know we have those moments of codependence i i know that for this is true for me 
where I will run to the relationship for that missing piece. And that's when it gets funky. Yep. You know, that's when it yep. gets funky. So where do you, so, so, so that's where, we, so that's where we recover. And my, my wife, God bless her, you know, um, <laughs> will point out the fact that, you know, oh, you're looking for your missing piece. She won't say it quite this way, but this is the this is the the net result. She'll say, she'll say basically say, you know, you're looking for the missing piece here, and I'm sorry, I don't have it. Go find it in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like oh, uh, silly, a silly human moment there. It's like oh yeah, right, right, <laughs> got it. You guys are such a conscious couple. Uh, when, oh, on a good day, yeah, you know, we 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 do yeah. we do our best. It's it's um yes, I think it is. It's what's kept us together. Absolutely, 100%. yes. Well, what is your strength in a relationship? Don't say you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's going to get a little bit. Uh, re- I think this is going to get a little repetitive. But I think the strength in relationship is is is, is in fact. Um, is is curiosity and it's also a willingness to there's a lot of this it's interesting it's not singular it's certainly curiosity it's um it's it's bringing humor bringing playfulness um bringing uh you know bringing uh seriousness and gravitas when it's called for it's it's um uh it's doing both, and this is for both of us. I think my wife would agree with this. It's 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 um it's it's being a it's it's being aware and being responsible. You know, being aware of the surroundings, being aware of what's going on in the relationship at the moment, and and being responsible for all of it. Beautiful. Okay, so here's here's the next question, which I love asking my guests, uh, and I don't think that question strikes you as something new. However, let's just ask it anyway. Yeah, go. Um, Imagine that the relationship is a cup or a mug, and you and your partner, your spouse, are investing with ingredients in it. Both of you get to drink from that mug, and you get to taste it and reevaluate. In in your case, if you were to take the relationship to the next level, where it is right now, and you want to take it to the next level, what ingredient or ingredients would you add, remove, or even modify? Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking here. That's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think you can ever have too much intimacy or vulnerability in uh in a in a in a in a, in a committed relationship. Mhm. Um you know, I, uh, I, it, it's 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 such a great place to look here because the you know what what in many cases I think for myself okay what stops what what stops intimacy um, you know for me it's the fear of loss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, uh, uh, you know as a mortal <laughs> the fear of loss. Uh, specifically the fear of loss of a loved one. And what I know is, is, is that, um, boy, if something were to happen to, to my, you know, if something, God forbid, if something were to happen to my wife, 
Um, uh, uh, I want to, uh, I, I really, I really want to feel like I have lost something, you know, something huge. Yeah. And if I'm not willing to, and th- that might sound like a strange thing to say on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, the degree of, of, you know, can I, can I, can I love so much that actually I, I completely open myself to that, that level of grief and pain and heartache, you know, a broken heartedness. Um, and I would hope my answer is, I would hope that my answer is yes. So more intimacy, more vulnerability, you know, always, always, always. Beautiful. What is one book you would recommend for our listeners to help them with their relationships? Oh, only one? <laughs> You're definitely not the first guest to want to recommend more. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's your will. <laughs> huh. Boy. Um, I'm really digging on... Um, I'm really digging on uh, Brene Brown's work right now. Um, you know, uh, daring greatly, uh, because she does such great work around vulnerability, shame, and shame. Um, but I think either that book or her most recent book, Rising Strong, are, are great books. They're not, they're not explicitly about relationship and they're all about relationship. The other one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one more in here, and that is, um, uh, the Arbinger Institute's Anatomy of Peace. There's a lot in there. And, you know, oh, my God, I could go on and on and on. I'll stop there. <laughs> what is one parting piece of advice you would like to give people uh, in a relationship and uh, how they can grow further their relationships? Um, <laughs> um, be wildly curious. Uh, and then be wildly curious again. Uh, if... Uh, You know, as you're learning to fight, learn to play. Ah, beautiful. That's awesome. That is an awesome one. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, Ken, this has been a fantastic conversation. And um, I would like our listeners to know how they can uh, reach out to you or connect with you. What's the best way they can uh, connect with you? The very best way to connect with me is via email. And my uh, email address is Ken, K-E-N, at... Cirrus, as in the cloud, C as in cat, I, R, R, U, S, coaching, all one word, CirrusCoaching.com. That's the very best way. Awesome. Well, Ken, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, and um, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thank you, Khaled. A pleasure. I have to say, this was one of the most interesting and eccentric episodes that I had on the show so far. Ken provided a lot of value that's so rich for men to grow and become into the integrated adult masculine versions of themselves and live an even higher quality of their love lives. With that being said, I want to invite you to find me on Snapchat and Instagram under the handle of Khaled Royab, which is K-H-A-L-E-D-G-H-O-R-A-B. I share a lot of stories there around how to become a better person as well as lead a better love life and remember you can find all the podcast episodes on my website which is khaledroyab.com forward slash podcasts once again that's spelled k-h-a-l-e-d-g-h-o-r-a-b.com forward slash podcast until then see you next week